We're back, and here we are. It's podcast number nine, and on this time of the Some Kind of Star Trek podcast, we have some news on Axnar and Discovery, and we'll be talking about the recent, well, nearly, nearly recent, but there's a reason for that, uh, Destination Star Trek, and <laughs> also the Star Trek exhibition in Blackpool. It was um, early October, I think, the last time we recorded anything. Um, as always, joined by Tiff. Hiya. Yeah, that's it. That's Tiff's. Uh, that's all I can pay for this week. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, um, we we've not spoken. We actually, we, Tiff and I haven't actually physically spoken either for uh, a massive amount of time. I I basically moved house, which you may remember from from episode eight. I'm going to waffle for two minutes. So just leave it with me. Um, we moved house. Uh, my broadband was rubbish. I finally got broadband back, which is why we can finally do this. So I'm sorry to people who actually did pester me and say, and why are you not doing any more podcasts? We are. Uh, we just didn't have any, basically, I didn't have any internet. We were running up mobile broadband data like it was going crazy. So, yeah. Um, so, Tiff, um, welcome back to the podcast. Hiya. It's Hiya. good to be back, actually. It's been, yeah. it's been so long. It's, it's, so. Been, it's been a long while. Yeah, mind you, it's been it's been a weird month anyway. You haven't had broadband. I've been ill, um, yeah. and I'm sort of back on ship, as it were. And uh, yeah, so it's nice to actually get back and uh, sort of talk about things. Yeah. So, um, I suppose what we could do with talking about is uh, well, what what have what kind of have you been trekking for the last month? Because it's like a long time. It has been, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've been quite busy, but I've been obviously I've been doing some reading. Mm. Um, I've been. Um, Adapting my Eagle Moss ships. Mm. The latest one I've done is the uh, the JJ ship. I am the filler queen, so I've been nice. going along with my filler, filling in all the seam gaps. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my trekkiness for the month. Cool. Uh, yeah, I've um, I, we'll come to a couple of things that I've been doing in a moment because that's kind of what the podcast is about. Um, but we have also what have I been doing? I've been doing a lot of reading because um, I've been on the bus a lot. So I've been reading. Um, I finished the Legacies trilogy, which was. Excellent good but long uh, and I'm just about to start the Prey trilogy which is John Jackson Miller's three book series that he's done which is kind of 50th anniversary trilogy but not 50th anniversary trilogy yeah. uh, and that's that's due I'm due to start that probably this week um, bit of a tat wing learning that Prometheus is actually probably the worst federation ship in the entire game uh, and lasts for a matter of seconds uh, unless you've got <laughs> multivator assault mode it costs you a ton of money to actually put on it so it's pointless um, and obviously Starship's collection um, we, we've seen quite a few different bits um, there have been some really good previews which we kind of will come to as part of the, the DST stuff yeah. so there's a couple of new stories I wanted to, to focus on um, is the one I'm going to I'm going to go for let's 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 talk about the Discovery stuff first because Discovery yeah. you're leaving the elephant for later yeah we'll, we'll, leave, <laughs> we'll leave the elephant for a bit um, so the Discovery story um, is yeah. is really one that kind of came out the last couple of days, which is that CBS. This probably would cover off in like five minutes. That CBS don't believe that it would work as a TV series. 
Yeah, yeah, I was a bit shocked to hear that actually. I think I think they're they're saying that they want to do a web series now because mm-hmm. there won't be enough viewers. Um, yeah. It's a bit disappointing, but after the delays, because it was supposed to air sort of beginning of the year, and then it was delayed to May, and then we had that sort of that one shot, um, it's, which was apparent that nothing had been done in it at all. Um, it, it just I can't help thinking that it's going to get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and I'm. I'm going to be really disappointed if that's the case. And to kind of, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's just, I've just got a really bad feeling about it. I just seem, seem to think it's not going to sort of make it. Or it'll get to the half-point season, and then that'll be it kaput. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm gutted if it is, because we need it. It needs kind of, the series needs kind of revamping, and it'd be great to see some more. Yeah, I think, I think we'll get a full first season of thirteen. So. Without a question, I think that's already probably been really funded. So. I think that's going to happen. I think the story yeah. is there. Thirteen episodes, they will later run at least one series. Audience-wise, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. They're saying sci-fi doesn't do massively well. You look at the sci-fi series that have kind of died after a season, two seasons. Yes, this is Star Trek, but the environment is very different to what it was when Next Gen aired, when DS9 aired, when Voyager aired. We were in a massive Star Trek frenzy. You could just put it on and put Star Trek on it, and everyone yeah. would go mental for it. It's a very different time. The movies do okay. Beyond mm. didn't do as well as they expected, yeah. even with the Chinese money and the Japanese yeah. money. It, it bombed. It's a shame because you've got um, there are some there are some sci-fi shows which have been exceedingly well and they've been recommissioned and recommissioned and recommissioned yeah. um, and then you've got others that you think will do really well and then they don't so it, it's kind of hit and miss in the TV market at the moment with sci-fi with films it's it's it's, it's a good it's a good go but with TV series not so much yeah um, I mean I think I mean, with Discovery as well because we've lost <laughs> we've lost Brian Fuller as a kind of hands-on producer I yeah, think there's people and the fact that it's been moved to May and it's kind of people are kind of yeah. getting a bit concerned but I think I think they'll get a season out of it at least but will it go beyond that potentially yes but as I saying it's putting it on a web series so they can just stick it at the end of the season you have all 13 episodes on that and they're hoping they're going to get the money and the revenue from people I guess rewatching yeah. it and I guess they're hoping that the CBS All Access service which it's going to be the linchpin of yeah. It's going to get them a lot of money off that because they'll get the funds yeah. back from people just buying it to watch Trek. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I really, I really do hope. I really do hope that we get more than one season. But uh, at the moment, with all the bad press, it's it's difficult to see that they're actually going to sort of put themselves behind it for a, sort of a long term thing. But yeah. yeah. I see yeah. What I, mean. I think it's also, a shame. Yeah. It's it's. A sh- I mean, they're saying they're going to sex it up and it's going to be the most kind of raunchy Star Trek we've ever seen, and they're going to have. A Klingon captain. It is a Klingon captain. Can we just point out it's a Klingon captain, not the cap- Klingon captain on a Starfleet ship. <laughs> that they're going to be more than one ship involved in this. So let's not kind of get ourselves wrapped up. Thinking, oh, how can it be a Klingon captain? Well, you can have a Klingon captain. There've been Klingon captains in Star Trek for the last fifty years, so you can have a Klingon captain. It just doesn't have yeah. to be on a Starfleet ship. Yeah, I really, I really hope that they don't sort of sex it up just for the sort of just for the sake of it, though. And I don't know. I think I think you do something when you try and sort of appeal to sort of like. You get the studios involved, and yeah. then it just goes all sort of like you get special effects, everything gets sexed up, and it's just like, ah, what happened to the story? <sighs> Welcome to the yeah. 21st century, unfortunately. I think it's a t- it's, we're in the Game of Thrones, Westworld, 
um, kind of era where it's it's about that kind of HBO sensationalism, and and yeah. if we don't do that, then it will lose audience because it obviously has worked. Because Game of Thrones is massive. You look at Walking Dead and the size, the sort of size, the violence that they use within that, and look yeah. how big the audience, that biggest show in the world now. You look at how those kind of work, and you think they're sure. going to do that kind of with Trek. To, to kind of keep it up to line, and I don't, I don't, I assume now that the the, the characters we meet in the first episode are going to make it, make it to the end of the season. I don't think they will. No, I think you're right because, uh, yeah, as you say, I mean, with Walking Dead, things like Walking Dead and Westworld and those sorts of things, mm. um, I suppose it's they're built on violence because of the world that they're in. That the premise is that there is going to be sort of violence and sex. Yeah. Um, but when you look at Trek. Nothing could be further from it. So to introduce it unnecessarily, I think, would be a mistake. At the same time, we have had some violence in Trek. Um, and I think maybe it's sort of exploring that angle, looking a little bit more at that side of it. Mm. Because they do tend to gloss over that, I've noticed. Because it, obviously the story isn't about that. It never yeah. has been. But maybe... Maybe they could just sort of give you a more visceral account of how it feels. Maybe that would be enough. Well, Trek in the UK has been edited twice for violence. In fact, three mm. times. Um, okay. The High Ground never aired on the original mm. one of Next Generation. Oh. Phantasms had the moment where Data stabs Troy removed uh, on the UK oh. broadcast on first viewing. And the conspiracy alien sequence at the end yeah. where he yeah. where yeah it was removed as well so you can see how that's that was used for the UK audience but then you look now and that kind of stuff would probably, yeah. is, is just it's kind of nothing no um, exactly so yeah maybe yeah it? maybe maybe it will work so well fingers crossed anyway so okay. well yeah we'll same we'll keep in touch and with with discovery and we'll see what happens with it and keep bringing up yeah. anything's interesting and we'll pop it on the on the site as well so yeah um, we'll see goes. yeah um on to the second one still staying with kind of series of, of star trek if we will although it's not called star trek anymore it's just called axana the elephant ah jeez <laughs> um where do we start where do i start i think uh, I think by starting to say we are basing this conversation off elements we've seen through the media in the last few weeks. So we, we also had Mayor Burnett on here as a guest and he was very yeah. forthcoming with some of his answers. Whether or not yeah. all of them are 100% accurate, we don't know because we hadn't heard the other side. And I think one of the things we wanted to make sure what we were saying was that you know what we still haven't saw, we haven't heard the, the kind of side. I, I am a donor. I donated to Axanel. I put my hands up. I wasn't a massive donor. I'm not kind of looking to um, mortgage my house or anything like that and <laughs> make up for the fund loss. <laughs> but I did put money into action. So we kind of were, were communicating via the world of social media today. And um, uh, one of the things that I kind of found was a couple of declarations which were from, I believe, the court information uh, to do with Axanar, saying that basically Alec Peters had used the money to fund his car, his meals, his flights, his car insurance, home insurance, health insurance, health insurance and then had covered it up. And this is item, item 74, so it's like, I will put those onto the site so people can see those as well, and you can read yeah. them along, because I think it's only fair that if I'm talking about something, then we, we can physically show you no, that as well. absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I try to look at it as an open mind, yeah. but it, it, it when was, you see stuff like that, I mean, without further information... I'm just looking at the information we have. It does look pretty damning, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think... But... 
it's 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 dangerous ground. I think it's worth mentioning it yeah. because it is such a big thing, and it's something that's been going on since January the first, which is when the whole kind of, of thing kicked off. Um, yeah. And and you know we hope by this time this year we we'd have the full film. It would be all done. It would be all dusted. We'd all have our perks. We'd all have our patches and all our kind of bits that we'd we'd invite for. We'd, we'd yeah, absolutely. For. And we have nothing. The, I think no. the guys who did the, from the, some of the pre pre prelude stuff have got their their freebies from the yeah. Kickstarter campaign, but. I think it's still one of the biggest Kickstarters ever done. I think the money was just ridiculous. But oh, where's yeah. the money gone? And I think it's one of those questions that people still ask. Um, yeah. and, and I know with the court stuff, people are kind of starting to see where this money has gone or where we are assuming that it has gone or we're being indicated yeah. that this money has gone. And I think it's a real yeah. shame that, that a project that has so much potential has actually done so much damage to the brand. It, it is sad because um, I think we've had a few people on here um, mm. who were talking and, and I mean, I think we had um, Jim Bray from uh, Star Trek Anthology, yeah. and um, the decisions have massively affected what he can do yeah. um, with his work. And again, Star Trek continues. We had uh, Kat Roberts on here, yeah. and again, it's massively affected what what, uh, what her projects can do. And it's a real shame, because I used to love sort of watching them, and now with the restrictions which are based on it. Now, whether the restrictions were coming into place anyway, or whether Axinar um, kind of forced CBS's hand, yeah. I don't know. But the fact is, it's had an impact, and it's had a massive effect on everybody else. So you do have to bear that in mind as well. Yeah, it's a real shame. Um, mm. And I just, I'm just really... Uh, I, I've spoken to Alec Peters a few times, and I've never had the impression that he's lied or cheated or deceived anybody, and I want to make that clear. But the conversations I've had with him personally have never been have never been unprofessional I've always found him pretty straightforward yeah what I'm you know what I've, and the same with Robert Burnett I've never you know conversations I've had with him have always been kind of quite open and yeah. free as we as we have on the podcast yeah absolutely I'm just I'm just quite surprised this stuff is now coming to light that that maybe there was a lot of underhand stuff and, and I just it's it's just really not a nasty situation I just hope it gets kind of sorted and 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 that yeah. there's a kind of revolution and it maybe you know fan films will get a better credit because at the moment continues to know where we're going with that new voyages yeah. you know we i think even james um corley's even calling it a day on that now because he's giving tours of the sets because um, they're the original he's built them exactly to the original spec yeah and he's now yeah. giving people tours of those sets um to, to, uh, and it's just you kind of wonder where things are going to go you now with, yeah. with, with anthology anthology is now called the outer rim of course oh, oh right and yes it's changed completely into, into three you know it's, it's an anthology series still about space but it's now it's now called the outer rim because they can't use yeah. Star Trek uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes but yeah it's a real yeah. shame um, I'm just it, it, did, it was a bit of a kick when I saw that today and, and you know we'll see what comes out in the next few months but real shame Max and I had such great promise and, and there's mm. really done a, a vast amount of damage to the brand and I think whether whichever side you sit on the fence Mm. Uh, whether you're for it or whether you're for Axnow or whether you're for CBS I think you have to kind of go yeah maybe something did go on that was a bit underhand and, and maybe Alec didn't think it was underhand because he saw it as a as part of the, the project to get Axnow done was to use the money in that way but it's, yeah, as I said, without the full picture, I mean, we've only got these two little items and, and sort of what people have said, mm. and, and but as I said, without the whole picture, it's difficult to tell. I yeah. mean, when we had um, Rob Mayor Burnett on here, he was a, it was very nice, he was very professional, yeah. um, and again, I didn't sense that he was lying at all or anything. No. Um, nice guy, but then you look at what comes out today, and you look at that, and you think, ah, 
that's pretty damning. But yeah. again, without the full picture, without all the documents, without all the knowledge, his accounts, his records, we, we just don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's really all we can say. Uh, saying we're not, we're not going to pick sides. We're not going to say that somebody's right or wrong because I don't think it, until there's an absolute judgment on it, I don't think we can sit here and say. Um, no, talking to fan films, though, I just want to say um, best wishes to John Carrigan, who we had on our yep. first podcast because he's been into hospital, I believe, today for an operation. Um, so yep. we wish John all the best. It was on his Facebook page that he was going in, and yep. I'm sure he'll be fine. We hope he recovers uh, very soon from that. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's the news done. We, no, I can't. And there's other stuff we could talk about. I probably missed about an entire month. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's. Obviously. Oh, yes. Ships and flings and all sorts. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll, I'll tell you, yeah, we will talk about something when we get to actually that. So, let's just skip into um, talking about uh, the main topic of the day, which is going to be events. Well, over the last month, apart from the fact Clyde doesn't have any internet, he has been rather busy. First of all, starting with uh, Destination Star Trek, and after that, the exhibition. But first of all, we we'll go to Destination Star Trek. So, yeah, it was rubbish, you were lucky enough to go. Yeah, it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Not going again. Uh, Can't bother. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't go for the whole weekend. And I have to admit, no. I didn't go for the whole weekend, just due to personal things. I went for the, the Friday, and it was quite quiet. And I was really lucky because I got to get in early. And it feels like it was over a month ago. It was over a month ago since when? I know. It's and great, isn't it? Yeah. And it was great because you walked in and the first thing you saw in the hall was the Enterprise D bridge. Oh, and then behind that wow. was the original series bridge. Yeah. Um, and then you went beyond that and there was a whole load of kind of stalls and an area where they got kind of... It, it, and then beyond that was costumes and then you had the board tr- alcove and there was a Klingon bridge and they had all the talk areas set up. And I've got to say, it was... When I went, and then you had kind of the, the interview area, but I, I went yeah. the, the Friday and, and it was it was a good day. I, I probably went on the wrong day. I, I know the Saturday was sold out and it was absolutely solid and, and you just couldn't yeah. walk for people. When I went, I was quite lucky because I walked and there were like 10 people in the hall. So oh, I walked around and it was like <laughs> loads of space. Um, That's good. I'm not a fan of crowds, so that would have been perfect. Yeah, it was great. I, <laughs> I think your ticket was lost in the post. Um, Damn. So, yeah, I mean, I went in, you know, I got a photograph on the, on the Enterprise Bridge and, and did yeah. all that kind of stuff and went around. But it was, and there was a, a CBS stand where you could buy the films, the TV series, that kind of thing. Um, and I probably, lost, I, I probably lost a little bit of the feel because I didn't yeah. get to go to kind of some of the talks that I wanted to on the weekend. What I did get to go to was the, the press conference which is yep. the, the kind of big one of the weekend, which was which was just awesome. So I went to that on the on the Friday, and you had Shatner come out, and I asked him a question, and as you're hearing the, the podcast piece we're going to put in, uh, I got to ask him a question, as did Lee from Startup VHS Covers, uh, who was sat next to me, because I met him yep. randomly. As he, he'd been on the same train as me, and we didn't meet until we got into the hall, even though I'd seen him like walking about 10 feet ahead of me, and I thought, I'm sure that's Lee. And then ended up meeting him about <laughs> 20 minutes like you're random. We were on the same train for like two hours and didn't even know. Uh, Star Trek community is quite small. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. So we got in and, and yeah, it, it, we got in there and, and went to the press conference and Shatter came out and did his bit and kind of asked a few questions. And then we had a whole load of them from kind of Next Gen and Voyager and Deep Space Nine all came out in groups. Um, and the, including uh, Greg Grunberg, who is from Force Awakens. He's next wing pilot yeah. in that. And he's also the Starbase commander of the Yorktown in yeah. Beyond. So he is the kind of latest person. He went from all the way from Kirk all the way through to, to Greg in Beyond. So it was quite a good range of the, of the guys and the characters. So we had everybody from every series. There was somebody from every series there. 
uh, and and just to kind of hear them reminisce and and talk about what they've done over the, the years and check was really good. Uh, so we got to to be that Prince conference, um, and then at the end, kind of um, to Kay and and Koenig came out and did a little bit of stuff. Well, Kenny kind of stood there and didn't say a lot, and George Takei just basically got all the questions asked to him. Um, they got oh, a cake there from to mark fiftieth. Obviously not as good as the birthday cake that my wife made for me, which I must say is on Instagram and is doing very well. Um, enough of that later. Uh, and yeah, I got to kind of go to that, and then um, they did a photo shoot on the, the original Enterprise bridge. So if anybody watched um, GMTV, there's like Good yeah. Morning Britain. I was stepping back into the early 2000s there. Um, Good Morning Britain, <laughs> or you watch BBC News on the, the Friday that it was on, you'd have seen the original bridge set. And they had the photo shoot on there, and it was chaos. Um, <laughs> they got all the press to kind of stand around it, and it just went crackers. And people oh. just, there were photographers just swearing at each other, just getting each other way. And I just walked around the edge of the photographers, stood at the corner, and there's this guy stood next to me. Yeah. And I said, How are you doing? All right. Come. Cool. Aren't you Bobby Clark? Yeah, yeah, I'm Bobby Clark. Hi, Bobby, how are you doing? He's got a gun badge on. So Bobby Clark is the guy who played the gun. So I stood chatting to Bobby Clark about what he was doing, how he was, for about 10 minutes before some guy wandered up to him and went, Bobby, you're supposed to be on this bridge shoot? <laughs> and nobody else had realised who he was. And I was just stood ch- chatting to this guy for a good 10 minutes about how he, you know, what had been going on, how he'd come over, how his fly was and everything. And nobody had realised that he needed to be on this bridge set. <laughs> <laughs> and he's great and I said oh, I'll come and chat to you in a bit and he was like yeah yeah come and have a chat we'll, have, we'll, we'll do some when you can record and so I was like ah oh, cool but yeah really nice guy um, wow. and, and but the, the bridge shoot there was no control over it at all um, the, the, the media bit was kind of okay and the way it was handled as well but the bridge shoot was just a, a, an absolute free for all and a real disappointment I'm a, I was about two feet from George Takei so I got some really good shots of, of the groups and oh, the bridge and uh, I got selfie with Jeffrey Coombs as well which was kind of the highlight of my entire weekend, which yeah. kind of made my day when I was like, uh, can I just get this little selfie? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We did a photo. Um, oh, but he was cool. Nice. He was really nice. Uh, and then that was really, that was really kind of, for me, that was the majority of my time. Uh, but what yeah. I did do when I was there was I managed to get some interviews as well. So what we'll do first is, um, we will pop on the press conference, which is with all the guys. It's a full uninterrupted podcast um, press conference. I'm going to chop out little bits where I'm talking in between about the contents of my bag <laughs> <laughs> with the guy from Sci-Fi Bulletin who was sat next to me. <laughs> so we'll chop all that out. But this is the press conference. This is the three or four sets that came out of the press conference. Um, enjoy. Um, and then we will come back after it. And without further ado, will you please welcome the man who portrayed Captain Kirk from the very start of Star Trek. Will you please give a very warm welcome to Mr. William Shatner. Good afternoon. I think it's afternoon. Uh, it's uh, 10 to 5 in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm working on that time. Anyway, good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm open to, uh, wow, I'm open to any question. I'm just looking at this because I, tomorrow evening I'm going on uh, on here with uh, uh, my one-man show, and that's impressive. 
Usually it's rape. That's a far throw. People with uh, spy glasses are going to have to. Um, I'm, I'm uh, ready to answer some questions. Look at you with your hand on the okay. air. Please, go ahead. Hi, Bill. Hi. Um, Star Trek was very good at predicting the future, yet it didn't seem to see social media coming. And I just wonder what... It didn't see what? Social media. Facebook oh, yes, and right. Twitter. Uh -huh. I just wonder what Captain Kirk's Facebook page would look like with all those ladies wanting to like him. Uh, well, he'd, he'd be making uh, appointments at various uh, places for assignations. God. Uh, uh, he, he would not use it at all because it's uh, not secret. Uh, everybody could read it. He'd be, well, I know. Yes, he would use it. Um, speculation, yes. Go ahead. Good to talk to you. Um, any other uh, plans to release uh, more music? Because I absolutely loved your album, Has Been. Thank you. You know, uh, uh, coincidental to that, um, I have an album that I made with uh, one of the uh, leading members of the group, Yes, uh, Billy Sherwood. And Billy Sherwood and I made an album called Pond of the Mystery, which is out there now. And we're making arrangements to go, he and I, as a musical group, uh, this coming spring in 17, uh, to go out for at least uh, 10 performances, see what we've got. So we're gonna do part of the al album and some of the cover songs. Uh, and uh, see what happens. But I, I love music, and unfortunately, uh, I can't sing. But uh, I've tried to ameliorate that by finding some poetry in, in, in the words, uh, the lyrics. So yes, music I love, and, uh, and if you liked uh, Has Been, the album Has Been, uh, I'll, I'll try to do more, please. Um. You said at the end of Star Trek 2... You I said at the end of Star Trek 2... That you felt young. Uh, that I felt young. Star Trek being 50 years old, do you still feel young? Uh, do I still feel young? Yeah. Uh, I'm not as young as I felt uh, back then with the jet lag now. But, uh, yes. And and I, I'm writing... I've been asked to write a book on aging gracefully. Uh, so I'm going to start that book... Uh, in, in a short while, a couple of weeks, uh, about aging. And um, I think part of the theme uh, of uh, getting old is total denial, be in denial about age, uh, and also staying active. And my activity has a great deal to do with horses. So I compete in, um, in uh, several horse uh, uh, disciplines, uh, one of them being what's called reining. I don't know whether you have it in England, uh, but it's um, sliding stops and, uh, and fast and slow circles and turns and changing leads. But it's a very athletic, uh, uh, visual, uh, physical sport. And uh, I, I compete in it, and I've been doing it for many years. I've gotten fairly good at it, good enough to think that I can win in a competition. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was one of the biggest competitions in the United States in Las Vegas. And I came in uh, third and fourth in 114 
people, uh, many of which were about the age of 18 and born on a horse. So here I was, a, this broken down actor competing against them and doing fairly well. So I, I, that's my, my activity. And, and part of what I think is aging gracefully is keeping involved. And that's what all my activity, I guess, is aimed at. Um, a a, a uh, business manager of mine once said, don't buy anything that eats while you sleep. And, um, and he, he made a mistake in that I need to stay in shape to be on the back of a horse doing that. And I think it's kept me vital. At least I can remember your question. Hello. Um, hello, hello. So one over there. I'm following no, your lead. Where are you? We can do that I'm, question I'm, with the last one. It's the final uh, question. The lady there had a hand up? Please. You got a microphone? Put your hand up, you have the question? This gentleman had a question here at here. Then we'll have to wrap this with uh, Mr. Shatner. Hi, yes. Um, Star Trek's 50, as I guess we all gathered. Um, you've had 50 years of experience in the franchise. Looking back, as a man who's created a series himself from Tech War, um, is there anything that you would have changed about Star Trek 50 years on that you would have done from, if you'd have created the series? If I could change anything about it, Star yeah. Trek? Yeah. Well, you know, all those speculating questions are just <clears throat> figments of our imagination. The reality is, we're here, and I appreciate you press being here, we're here as part of a celebration of 50 years of uh, Star Trek. Uh, it's a showbiz phenomenon. Uh, 50 years ago, uh, the Star Trek I did was went on the air, and 50 years later, a lifetime later, we're still talking about it. Now, somebody said, well, Doctor Who, and I guess that's been around a long time, but with various people, uh, but here, this magical show had enough magic to it to entice you to come here and talk to me 50 years later. What would you, how could you possibly be so callow as to think you could oh, change, no. no, no, me, change something. So, no, I would not change anything. Uh, it might interfere with its uh, longevity. Uh, there was a magic about Star Trek, uh, uh, and, and I heard uh, you ladies on the air earlier this morning speculating as to why, and, and when the gentleman said, uh, uh, why do you think you come to conventions, and one of the ladies said, uh, to see each other, and that was the conclusion I had in a book I wrote about this very subject called Get a Life. Uh, the book concluded was to see each other that they came. I then did a film documentary with the same title, Get a Life, and the conclusion I came there to there was it's mythological. There is a mythology in science fiction that uh, wishes to uh, explain all that mystery in the universe that is inexplicable much like religion seeks to explain why we're here and what happens after we die. But it's all done in speculation. And like religion, which has ritual, mythologies, science fiction mythology, 
has the ritual of coming to these conventions and taking pictures and wearing the uniforms and all participating in the ritual of this science fiction mythology. And that was the conclusion I came to in the documentary. So maybe either or both are, are valid. I'm afraid we have to wrap this up now. Um, we are out of time, but a big thank you, please, for some audience. Thank you so much. Greg Bromberg. They're coming now. <laughs> Eddie Paskey, Bobby Clark, Vaughan Armstrong, Max Grogenship, <laughs> Alice Krieger, Dominic Keating, Connor Trenier, and Marina Sirtis. <laughs> You know, uh, I have an answer. I, I went to a middle school in Germany. Uh, they asked us to come and talk, and, and this Germany school based their philosophy on Star Trek, believe it or not. It was a middle school for kids from war-torn families. And uh, what they believed his philosophy was, was peace, hope, and unity. I believe that's why it's still around today, because uh, it's something that all of the fans really believe in. They care more about each other than they care about themselves, and I think that is why it's still... Who voted for Brexit? Exactly, and then we voted for Brexit. Bleeding idiots. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Said it. Said it, okay. Anybody else have an answer for him about why it's around for 50 years? Well, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Vaughan. I think that's exactly it. Uh, and not to sound, you know, pat, but uh, but yeah. I mean, uh, we can all take a lesson. Look, look, we've got an election coming up, and it's going to be the first one I vote in in America. Now I'm a citizen. <laughs> Fools. Uh, but wow. Um, and the same mindset that Mr. Trump is appealing to is what got us out of Europe, I'm afraid. And uh, the idea that the we're building walls and excluding and becoming isolationist at this point in human history is just not right. It's not, it's, we're on the wrong side of what's actually going to happen in, in, the, in the end. Amen. So, here you go. Um, and that's why this show's still relevant, because it wasn't about that, and never will be. And when we see heroism happen on screen in the noble but very human ways, that it happens in Star Trek, where we see heroes who are flawed, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds us of ourselves. And we know that we can also do great things. We can go boldly into our own selves and accomplish that kind of, create that kind of hope in real life. Uh, how are you, Eddie Kasky? Uh, I was here a long, long time ago, and we've been here few more years. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for letting us be here. Appreciate it. Uh, Greg Grunberg, I'm new to the family. Um, thank you. I'm honored to be here and I'm going to ask you to 
host a couple of the panels, I just, you know, I was absolutely thrilled. But I think to answer the question, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, you look at Star Trek, some people look at the um, technology and say, well, you know, we, we watched this and we thought, okay, that's, eventually we're going to be beaming people up and we're going to be doing this and that. I think the characters, though, are still something to aspire to. And instead of talking about, like you're saying, instead of talking about how bad things are today, I think we need to... We need, to, we need to look at all the good, and, and hopefully we'll get to that optimistic place that this show is, and the movies, and, and everything Star Trek represents, has always represented. And I think that's why it's, it'll never lose its popularity. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful to be here. Thank you. I was on a plane yesterday, and I read an astonishing book about a guy who died, not once, but twice and came back each time. And each time he was met by an angelic being who radiated unqualified love. But the information that he got from this angelic being who was his guide in that dimension was that angelic beings, for the most part, certainly of his rank, look upon human beings as extraordinarily because we, unlike them, have the power of choice, the choice to be our best, the choice to function at the highest level, and that's what I think Star Trek speaks to, um, and it's wonderful that it just keeps reminding us of it, and that all those reruns are there, just reminding us that we have the opportunity to make a perfect world. Thank you for being here. And the perfect world is diversity. Maybe you've got pointy ears and i got a green head, but we can still get along. That's kind of what it means. No comment. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Um, so, obviously, Star Trek, uh, the reason why it's so popular as well is that, hello. <laughs> Because it's all about space exploration and aspiration for, you know, learning, and that's, you know, the only reason. So, I mean, when it comes to Mars, would any of you book a trip on the next flight if, you know, Elon Musk or Leonardo DiCaprio led the way with all the funding that's going on at the moment? <laughs> Try this. Where Leo's going to be there? Leo going to be a part of the... Well, I wasn't going to go, but now I think about it, because, I don't know, five years in confined space with Leo, it might be all right. Um, I wouldn't go. Uh, I, I've got a child. <laughs> I would want to see him grow up. I, I think it's an extraordinary thing that the possibility is out there that we're going to somehow colonize Mars in the future. But um, it would be a difficult decision to make. But I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't go. I mean, I, I uh, lived in the desert. The first place I remember living was in the desert in a tent. And uh, I, I got a feeling Mars is a whole lot uglier than that. So, no, I'm, I'm not going. Long trip to an ugly place. I'm not going. Now wait for this, ladies. Okay. No, I wouldn't go to Mars. wouldn't go to the moon. And I have to, and I know this is going to piss you all off, and I shouldn't say that because I'm being filmed, don't I? So this is going to make you all mad. Um, I truly believe 
that the money we spend on the space program, which is billions of dollars in America, is a little unethical when there are children going to bed hungry and illiterate, and we have so many problems socially that uh, we, I, and I know being on Stride Trek is the wrong show to be on to say this, but I truly believe that we could really spend the money now, now on children and people that need it. One in five children in America, well, yeah, another healthcare, healthcare education. One in five children in America have what they call, yeah, um, food insecurity, which means they don't know where the next meal is coming from. So, in my opinion, that's a problem that needs to be dealt with before we even talk about Mars. I, I really concur. And I, you know, we need to stop spending money on the arm. Listen to Mr. Trump going, our army needs is, is weak and depleted. Are you kidding me? The American army is the largest fighting force in human history, and we spend half of the budget on it every year. And it's just because of its jobs and, and uh, special interests. I mean, they send tanks and planes out to Egypt every year that are sitting in stockpiles in the desert by the pyramids because the Egyptians don't know what to do with them. But we still make them and send them there. It is ridiculous. I'm afraid we are out of time on this one, so we have to wrap this up on that very interesting note. Thank you, Dominic. Again, big thanks to our guests. And again, we are going to go straight on into our next uh, section. Okay, we're going to move on now then. We now have our two um, original series uh, bridge crew. So you please give a warm welcome to the stage to George Takei and Walter Koenig. Good to see you all. Uh, I told you I'm not leaning in. You promised me a rocket strapped to my axe. Is that what we're supposed to read? Are you guys going to ask us questions or do we just talk? Hi. Hi. George. About the new movies that have come out, what's it like seeing new? Oh. <laughs> um, how's it been seeing new actors and characters in the roles that you've played for such a long time? And did they ask you for any coaching or hints and tips? Did who ask for coaching? The actors in the new movies who are now interpreting your roles for a new generation. Oh, uh, well, John Cho, you mean, is now playing uh, Sulu. Uh, he called me when he got cast, and John was very concerned about uh, the uh, what he had heard about the intensity of Star Trek fans, and I assured him they won't fight. They're wonderful. They, they're the ones that made it possible for you to get cast in uh, the reboot uh, show. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be living long, as long as we have, and prospering in the many ways that we have. <laughs> so I assured him that the fans were going to be wonderful and they're supportive, and now he knows. Uh, but no, I didn't have to tell him any more than that about uh, Star Trek fandom. Hello, over here. Over here. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm Joe from CBS Action. Uh, this is a question for both of you. 
Um, how does it feel to be celebrating 50 years and to be in Birmingham this weekend? Well, it feels terrific. What am I supposed to say? I hate being here. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. This is my second trip to the UK this year. So uh, I'm a veteran uh, of uh, England uh, just in this year. I, this is my second trip. But I've been in Germany and I've been in Italy and I've been all over the States. And it's the most extraordinary feeling to feel that, you know, that we're still viable, that we, that we still you know, have some significance for the public at this late date is, is quite amazing. I can't talk for George. I, I, I've never had the kind of uh, career that was, you know, that I would say that was overwhelming. But it's the duration is what makes it so amazing that we're still uh, recognized by fans, we're acknowledged, we're appreciated, we're, our work is reinforced, and that we still work. Uh, it's it's best of all, no pun intended, best of all worlds that uh, Star Trek has given me. It has given me uh, initial. Acknowledgement, and and then it's been sustaining for me as I progress through, through the next 50 years of my life. Um, I just turned 80, and I'm still out there, and people still, you know, know who I am, and I'm still working. Uh, God knows, I'm still doing checkoff. <laughs> you know, that sounds kind of pitiful, doesn't it? My God, this guy is 80 years old and he's still playing a party play when he was 31. But I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still developing the character. I'm still, I'm still contributing uh, and still exercising my craft. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just tickled that this has happened and that this 50th anniversary. I'm around for the 50th anniversary. I'm afraid that is all we have time for on this session. We've got a lot of guests to meet. There will be plenty more of our guests over the weekend. But please, a big thank you to Georgia Walter. Sorry, guys. I shouldn't have talked so much. <laughs> we are going to go straight on. We have another group for you here. So will you please welcome to the stage. We have, uh, we'll start again. We have Adam Nimoy, Eric Pierpoint, Martha Hackett, Bob O'Reilly, Jeffrey Coons, Casey Biggs, Nicole DeVore, Garrett Wang, Armand Shinnerman, and Terry Farrell. Good morning. Good morning. So I can very quickly here, guys, if any questions, we'll go straight to questions around the front. Hi, uh, Adam Yosef on the Iron Birmingham website. I've got a question for Adam Newman. Um, your father, the amazing Leonard Nimoy, passed away last year, age 83. Star Trek was a huge part of his life and legacy. How would you feel, or how did you feel, uh, knowing that it reached the milestone and still being relevant 50 years on? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I speak really fast. Um, Star Trek was a huge part of your father's legacy. How would he feel, or how did he feel, knowing that it still is relevant 50 years on? How did Dad feel? My Dad feel that it's still feeling relevant? Yeah. Oh, he loved the fact that it was still relevant. He loved the fact that he was still relevant. 
Um, he was, my dad felt very privileged and honored to have been in the original pilot of Star Trek, which shot in 1964. Uh, the only cast member to really survive. Um, and then to be booked in, in the J.J. Abrams reincarnation of Star Trek, and to have and J.J. making an overture to my dad to be included in that and participate in those projects were a great source of pride and, and joy for my father. Um, I think he was really, um, it was a big part of his life. It was something that always energized him and something he's always proud of. And he never got tired of Star Trek. And, uh, and he was very sad, actually, when he had it turned down, when they, when they were making Star Trek Beyond, and they, they approached my father about participating. He was very sad about the fact that he had to turn them down because he was simply not feeling that well. So I think it was a great source of pride for him that it has continued on for 50 years and, and clearly will continue on in, into the future. Thank you. Hi, it's uh, um, Mace Barmy Chimmerman. Um, can you talk briefly about the Traffic Against Trump, Trump campaign? I'm over, over here. Hi, uh, can you talk briefly about Traffic Against Trump? Yes, yes. Can I talk about it? Yeah, I think he might work. Thank you, Gary. Um, yeah, what it is is um, politics in our country uh, has gotten a little scary and a lot of us standing on stage were concerned about how close the polls were getting between the two candidates. And uh, I was the first person in the community to take a step forward and say, maybe we should speak to the populace about this. And although I started the campaign, uh, most of the people on this stage right now were very helpful. It's a community effort. Uh, it wasn't done by one person in particular. Like Star Trek, Star Trek is about teamwork. About a group of people working together as a team and, and we in fact worked as a team to do that we we are i understand that there's something in our uh, in the new york times today about about the campaign and we're going to sort of hesitate on that qualify that my source of information is just whispered to me maybe not no, I, just, I, I got i got a text message we're in our hotel room this morning and somebody had texted me about the new york times but i haven't seen it so I Right. Okay. So, um, but we're we're hoping to add to the national conversation. Thank you. Okay, we've got time for one more question, so then we have to go to the bridge sheet. So, the gentleman down here at the front. Hi there. Um, a question for Nicole and Terry. I just wondered, what is a collective noun of Daxes? Because I've never seen two together at the same time. Quite amazing. Here we are. <laughs> Hello. Oh, okay. What what's a collective? I don't know, but here we are. Collective what? Who's talking even? I can't see. Oh, there you are! There you are! Hi. It's because she's blonde now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. What's, what was it? Yeah, a collective noun. So you'd have like a, oh, a collective of, noun. Yeah, a flock of sheep, a lot <laughs> of dancers. Beautiful. A beautiful of. Yeah, we'll go for that. We'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the right answer, by the way. Here's the thing. She now has the. Uh, Oh. Right? You'll have to ask her. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on. A big thank you for our guests, please. Thank you. So, yeah, that's the that was the press conference from Destination Star Trek uh, on the Friday. So, a unique experience. It was also the first time that Koenig and... Uh, George Takei have been on a bridge, this is a tedious link, since 1989.
Because really? yeah, because George Takei was not on the Enterprise in Star Trek Six. Of course he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, which is really weird. So it's the first time the three and him and Kirk, of course, the three of them didn't of talk course. to each other. Yeah. Shannon yeah, well, got, yeah. got wheeled off. Literally, security, bang, gone. Uh, oh, wow. Really? Just, yeah, the guys guys kind of left just mingle and just wander off the bridge, <laughs> but he was escorted <laughs> out. Uh, he's all right. I mean, you know, it's William Shatner. Um, I think yeah. you kind of take him or leave me is a bit marmite. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, he's, um, I mean, I don't know if anybody again saw the uh, the uh, um, um, the GM uh, the Good Morning Britain thing mm. um, when he was supposed to be coming on live, and um, oh, that was a fiasco. That was an absolute fiasco. Um, the starters, the microphone didn't work. Then I don't think he could hear what they were saying. Then I think he was a bit tired by that point because it didn't appear to be making much sense. Um, and then he just didn't seem to want to be there. <laughs> yes, I, I gathered that. I read it on the train on the way down, and it was it was it, it, was, like that, it was hilarious to watch. Car but, crash. Um, oh. One thing I did get to see as well was the Eagle Moss stand. So yep. um, they announced not, ships 96 to 100, which uh, include yep. the Daedalus class as the 100th issue. And I said to Ben, oh, is it going to be Discovery as the 100th issue? And he looked at me and went, mm, you'll find out later. And it wasn't. So I was wrong. Yep. So the, the whole thing that I said in last time's podcast or podcast seven, podcast seven. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm wrong. I'm wrong completely. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh. I know I shouldn't laugh. But Ben did, did sign me. <laughs> My Ooh, issue 50. Nice. That's my issue 50 uh, Enterprise um, edition. He signed that for me, and then we had a chat. Um, sadly, I didn't get it on the podcast. I didn't, I didn't record it, and I should have done. Ah, yes, hit record. I should have recorded it, but. I know. Just put this back on here in my. There we go. Yes, so um, I chatted to Ben about the design in the book. Spaceships yep. is about 20, 30 pages extra. He said about 15, but it's a lot more than 15. Really? Pages, yeah. And they had the big. Enterprise 1701, bigger scale, 60 quid one, they had that there, and the ships from sort of um, 96 through the, the earlier 90 ones, the Magician ship, the Fortunate, yeah. sorry, the Horizon, yeah. uh, the uh, and a couple of those, those early ones, Saratoga with still the Reliant uh, uh, registry on it as well. So it was great yeah. to see kind of some of the, the new stuff that was coming out, and it was great they had that, and they had loads and loads of ships, they were just bombing through tons and tons of ships, you could buy anything you wanted there really. Um, but yeah, it was just to spend and, and just kind of see what Eagle Moss had got to come in. They've also got a DeLorean coming, you can build around DeLorean over like 120 weeks. Uh, that's that's coming from Eagle Moss as well in the future. Plus, the comic uh, graphic novel collection is going to be starting off, and I know Ian's going to be reviewing that for us. Ah, excellent. Kind of so he's, he's going to be focusing on that uh, in the next sort of coming months. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good. I would say I think if I'd been there on the Saturday, it would have been quite different yeah. to Friday. The Friday was yeah. good, great because I could get kind of get around and get to see everything and talk to some of the stand holders, talk to some of the clubs, just talk yeah. to random people, sit and watch episodes of Trek and 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 kind of just chill out for a bit. Um, I think yeah. I'd been there on the Saturday when there were all the talks, and I know Lee got to go to the William Shatner one man show, oh, which I believe yeah. was, was awesome. Um, but I didn't get to go to that and I was kind of gutted but just due to circumstance I got some loads of photographs and some, you know, they had the art exhibition there I spoke to Mark Reinhill who's an Irish uh, artist who is also on the interviews that I've got who's done one of the pictures for the 50th book the 50 years oh, 50 artists so excellent. I spoke to him and he is one of the guys that I talked to on my interview bits yeah. um, and they had Matthew Moore had a, is it Mike? No. Uh, they had a load of costumes as well Spacesuits, um, Borg outfits, Ferengi outfits, Enterprise jumpsuits, all that kind of stuff as well. Again, photographs oh. that were all on the are going to be all on the site. 
Excellent. part of this podcast so I'm just going to stick all the photographs in so you can yeah. look through all of those um, but I, I loved it and I'm great that I went on the Friday because I think I got a great opportunity to kind of get close to a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have had a chance to on Saturday and, and take good, some good photographs of the, the 50 artist stuff uh, yeah. the, uh, the costumes the bridge sets get on the bridge sets and talk to the actors as well um, yeah absolutely so what I'll leave you with from DST is a selection of short interviews which we've had with a number of actors I'm going to give you just three that we talked to there are more uh, so we talked to Greg Grunberg um, who was comparing the event we talked to Casey Biggs, uh, who was Demar from Deep Space Nine, and we talked to Robert O'Reilly, who was Gowron from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Plus, there are a number of other guys in there, including uh, Bobby Clark, of course. A um, couple of quick questions. So, I'm with uh, Dominic Keating, uh, Lieutenant Malcolm Reed. Hello, hello. Enterprise, indeed. Um, nice to see you at the press conference this morning. Uh, thank you. And your. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My gobby <laughs> well, contribution. Keeping the English upper end. Yeah, I'm out zone. Uh, indeed. It's very appreciated. Good. It's good. Um, 50 years. Yeah. I know Enterprise was only a, a speck, shall we say, within that book still. So was I a, when I watched it. When a massive <laughs> I watched the first, the, the first episodes I saw of that show were in black and white, mate. Back in... I knacked... I'm not quite old. Uh, I nagged my dad rotten to get one of the first colour TVs in our street in Leicester. Uh, oh, you from Leicester? Yeah. Ah. Leicester! <laughs> well, uh, yes, as a child, year. and then of course last year, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, uh, the roof blew off the house uh, in my place in LA a few mornings at four in the morning <laughs> as Jamie smacked another one in. <laughs> Riyadh smacked another one in. It was just what a what a season, man! It'll never happen again, likely. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Star Trek. Huh? Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh, we're we talking about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, nag dad to get this color TV. Uh, this multi-broadcast thing came the size of an aircraft hangar, and um, with a louvered door because you pulled that across. And what is that? coffin in the middle of the in the corner of the room surely not a television uh, I was blown away to watch Star Trek in colour and the one I remember as a tender I don't know eight seven eight year old to see that Spock's shirt was blue um, that's always stayed with me for some reason anyway um, yeah what else to say about those yeah, days I, I mean, mean Kirk's chiffon clad ladies were definitely my first foray into erotica. <laughs> uh, Sherry Jackson, what little girls made yeah, of? Barbara Luna. Yeah. I know, I know, I know these chicks now. Do you think Enterprise missed out on that? On the chiffon cladness? Yeah. Well, we had the green girls, don't you forget, uh, and we had Jolene. You know, bad uh, not bad to look at. You know. It's all about personality. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you know, loads of personality. A very nice character. <laughs> Um, I mean, do you do you feel that Enterprise in the sort of 50th year is being a little bit neglected in some ways? Do you think it's not getting enough, as much press as it could do? Given oh, it's, it's still I, a, a big, big piece of the world, I think we've had quite a lot, actually. Uh, and I turned the TV on first thing this morning in the hotel room, and we were on BBC Breakfast TV. Yeah. And we had a good 15 
that was a 15 minute segment I mean it was all about Star Trek and they got oh specifically Mr. Enterprise I'm thinking uh, Enterprise in oh well, Enterprise oh, our show was uh, we're, we're the ginger headed bastard stepchild <laughs> of, the, uh, of the franchise um, but I think uh, I think things have changed in the years that we've been off the air yeah uh I think you know, there are so many platforms now in, for, for, for fans to finally find this show and watch it. And uh, I really got it this year, particularly at the big Vegas convention that was five days. Um, just how appreciative people are now of having, finally having seen it. Good. And, uh, you know, we were a bloody good show. I we mean, we, good look, show. not all our episodes were fantastic. I mean, there were a couple of humdrummy, regular, you know. Yeah, but look, it's episodic TV, yeah. and they've been doing it for 17 years. I mean, yeah. talk about Leicester winning the Barclays Premier League. <laughs> this, the idea that a franchise like this, uh, Rick Berman and Brandon Braga's tenure of the show, yeah. it'll never happen again in, in TV history. It's unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine writing every year, every week, another episode on a variation of a theme and trying to make it new and relevant. They've got a challenge ahead of them next year, then. Oh, my God. Yeah, I tell you, it's in good hands. Uh, Mr. Fuller is a very smart man. You're a very smart man, Brian, and quite attractive. Thanks very much. (laughs) Pleasure. Thanks for your time. So... Uh, here with Eddie Paskey, who was Lieutenant Leslie in the original series. Just a couple of minutes. Um, congratulations on making it to our 50th anniversary and, and coming to the UK to come and celebrate it with us. Thank you. It, cool. uh, it was an honour to be here at the time. Um, we did 52 series, six, six, 72. Uh, 79. Anyhow. Some of them. A few of them. <laughs> And uh, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, glad that we were able to be be a, a, a part of it. Uh, Lenny, or Leonard or Bill asked me to be his uh, aide helpful. Yeah. Uh, it was his, his daughter was Lieutenant Leslie. Yes. And I, hopefully, I, you knew that. Yeah. And... Uh, but he was always very, very wonderful to work with. All of, the, in fact, all of the guys are were w- wonderful people that, that uh, I uh, could only say good things to him. And, and, and we were, you know, it was uh, kind of nice. To, what's the What's the one thing that you take from 50 years of being involved with the, the Star Trek franchise? I mean, you, you were there at the beginning. What do you kind of take? What have you kind of taken from it yourself? Huh. Apart from paycheck, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that was smart. But, you know, uh, they, ter- they took care of each other. Yeah. Which was really kind of neat. And and they do take care of each other like that and have a, a wonderful rapport with it. Uh, and going back from from Bill uh, and Dee yeah. and Leonard uh, and Walter and all of them and it, it was just it was just fun thank you very much thank you very much for your time thank you pleasure Appreciate enjoy it. your time thank thanks you. very much
Uh, Hi, we're here with Eric Pierpoint. How are you doing? How from, are you? From one of my favorite <laughs> Deep Space Nine episodes, um, oh, Captain Saunders. Uh, Deep Space Nine, Captain Saunders. Yeah. I had my ship shot out from yeah, under you did. me, I believe. But it was a it was damn brilliant episode. Um, yeah, how are you finding Destination Star Trek? I think it's great. You know, I got in, I'm a little jet lagged, as most of the actors are, yeah. but in a good way. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. This place is vast. I mean, when I... When I showed up today here at this this venue, it seemed to be sort of this dystopian warehouse where they could yeah. like house aliens in the future. Yeah, we've got a couple of ships out the back. Yeah, the I thought so cool. maybe. Yeah. What do you want to talk to you, um, Captain Saunders, uh, for the uniform? Great character. I think sure. Probably, I think I think probably. <laughs> I, I mean, Harris was was quite a big character for you yeah. in Enterprise. But yeah, Ava Schiller. Do you think is there one of those characters that you've done that you would want to do again? That, that well, you, you know, uh, they had seen me uh, several times for different captains' roles. Yeah. Right. In all of the modern day, you know, reinventions of Star Trek. So it would be wonderful that, to be that the guy, right? Yeah. But. It, it didn't happen, right? No, <laughs> you know, Avery Brooks or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but I also yeah, really I enjoyed, uh, you know, the alien characters that I played yeah. too, you know, the captain of the barge of the dead on the river of blood, you know, or Harris, as you say, which is yeah. the, the, the uh, oh, yeah. was section 31. 31, right? You know, you know more about it than I do, right? Or, or, or hunting an intelligent game on a dark planet, you know, that sort of But Star Trek gave you the opportunity to stretch as an actor, and yeah. it wasn't just a matter of putting on a head, it was more like getting into the nuances of what the show was about, you know, the, giving each character some kind of reality yeah. that fit that particular episode. So I always thought that Captain Sanders, uh, you know, would have liked to have seen him over time. You know, and see what they would have done with it. But as it is, you never know. There are novelists out there that could always pop a little uh, extra. There's just a Benjamin Maxwell in one of the novels, so there's always possibility someone could get back. You, you could, or you, or you could just, you know, just to be on hand to do some other amazing thing that whatever they come up with in the next in the next show. And right now, you know, as humans, I end up playing a lot of admirals, retired admirals, and things like that. You never know, they may bring me out of mothballs. Well, you have one of the rare opportunities that you were on the Holo Communicator. Yeah, right. Which is, which is a, a rare thing of only two episodes that you used. And you could get to use it looking a bit worn after the... After you. Yeah, a little weary. We'll bring him back. Where is he now? Well, he's fighting off in the universe someplace. But we'll just do a hologram here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you've got your uh, your operative just down the table there. I know. I know. Uh, in the form of uh, Malcolm Reed. Yes. Um, are you still keeping an eye? I'm watching him there just to make sure he's behaving. Otherwise, yeah. I've, I've got to, you know, i got to turn him in. Awesome. Right, right. All right. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Right. Enjoy the day. Um, so we're here with uh, Jeffrey Combs, um, the man of many, many, many faces um, of the Star Trek universe. Um, obviously, the two biggest ones being Wayne and Brunt, in my opinion. Um, thanks to the help of the makeup department. How would you feel? How do you think um, Wayne would feel about the phenomenon of Star Trek as it is? How would Wayne feel about it? <laughs> well, he would not understand why this sort of. Uh, support uh, wouldn't enthusiastically be also for the Dominion. Uh, the, the, a worthy uh, a worthy civilization on its own, completely loyal to, to them before anybody oh, else. So I would just urge everybody to uh, 
turn their allegiance to the founders. Oh, very good. Um, would there be any difference? Do you think Brunt would have a different opinion on that? Brunt is a little bit different. As long as he gets paid, uh, he with, in Latinum, he's perfectly happy with anything. Cool. I'll take that. So how have you how have you sort of thought, um, what's your thoughts on, on Destination Star Trek in 50 years? I think the legacy continues as well it should. It would be great to have Star Trek back on TV. Yep. On whatever platform it is. I'm not quite sure what it is. Uh, yeah, it's that all access yeah, thing. The, a whole other fun. universe there. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to see what that's all about. How many, how many races have they got you playing in it already? Uh, uh, let me count. <laughs> None. None. That's, uh, I think there needs to be a, a Twitter campaign at the very least. You've got to have at least I'll leave one. that to you. Oh, thank you very much. Right, I'll, uh, I'll be getting on this that. afternoon then. But no, it, would be, it would not be my <laughs> call for me to be doing that. Are you, are you happy to have been with the DS9 Voyager Enterprise kind of era? Mm, and, and not just happy, proud, good. and honoured. Uh, I've always been a Star Trek fan since I was a good. child. So, Is there any one of the... Uh, you played, obviously, multiple characters. Is there anybody that you would have wanted to play that you didn't perhaps get the opportunity to do or maybe be a Klingon or something like that no I don't think I'm right prototype for Klingon no Klingons are usually big big dudes you, I mean you've done a lot of other things uh, so I'm not that big so you know cool. that probably won't come my way thanks for your time thank, thank you, you very, very much, much. Uh, so here with uh, Casey Biggs um, he might have played Damar in uh, Dick's Space Nine indeed, um, indeed. Um, are you feeling still poor Cardassia Absolutely. Excellent. How can you not? That's one of the best deaths anybody could have had. Um, which, I mean, you've, you've been in Enterprise, you've been Deep Space Nine. Which one's played closest to your heart? Oh, please. <laughs> There's no question. I, I'll let you guess. You get three qu three okay. guesses. The first three two guesses. don't count. Uh, is it Enterprise? No. Um, Never. Uh, you know, it's funny with that Enterprise thing. They wanted me to... They called me and said, would you do this? I said, yeah, all right. They said, we're going to start a whole new race. Well, that might be fun. It was in one episode, and, they, you know, and that was it. I said, well, but no, come on, there's no. Deep no, no, Space Nine was great writing, great actors in it, great storylines, and, you know, I got to die a hero. So there you go. I mean, uh, do you think in this 50th year that Deep Space Nine has been given the right kind of um, emphasis within 50 years? Do you think? I, well, I, we, were the, we were the black sheep of the family, you know, which was good because they let the writers do whatever the heck they wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, I think there are some people who are rabid DS9 fans, and and uh, I think because the storylines are so damn interesting. Yeah. You know? I think that the way that they develop the character. I mean, I remember when 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 um, Demar came in, he was just a background character in one episode, yeah. and suddenly it grew and grew and grew, and and you ended up leading the entire planet. I did. I, I ended. I was leader of the empire in the end. Once I got kept killing all those Wayunes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and here you are, um, sat next to him once again. Yeah, you know, they just, they just keep cloning Jeff Combs, and he keeps showing up. How many know? are there? Well, I think uh, I had a great line in there when he came in. I said, well, you better be careful. I'll be talking to Wayun number nine, you know. That <laughs> um, no, was great. Any plans for the future? How are you doing at the moment? What sort of things are you I'm meeting myself coming around the corner. I'm building a performing arts center. I got two movies coming out, um, and uh, I make wine. I live in wine country in California. Well, good luck for the future. Cheers. Thanks very much for coming to the UK. Pleasure to speak to you. Over there, Clark. Um, the Eagle. Yeah, the, not the, the Gorn, but the Eagle. But I haven't heard from him. Um, how does it feel to be, uh, be involved in one of the biggest franchises ever as one of the most iconic characters within that franchise? 
How does it feel? It feels great. I mean, I guess I, I, I don't, you know, I don't go up and haw the whole bit. I'm just surprised that it's still going. And that you're still being recognized as the goal mm-hmm. after this time. Only at these shows. Yeah. It's kind of nice being that because in the movie, the creature was in that. Yeah. So I can go anywhere in the world and no one's going to say, oh, hello, Mr. Clark. <laughs> but you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Did you think when you played the Gorn that it would become such a, an iconic character within, within I never the knew franchise? It. I never you know, I, I just tried to draw a costume and did, did what I had to do. It's one week and how many days were you doing for interviews? Two days shoot. Two days shoot and still 50 years later we're talking about a green-skinned alien, we're getting badges of him. Isn't that something? It's amazing. Amazing. I mean, what else? I mean, uh, is, I mean, did you ever think it would come back? Was it just literally a kind of flash in the pan and well, that was I a did, job? And... I did four of the original Star Treks. Yeah. I did the Arena, Return of the Archons, Mirror yeah. Mirror, and the Apple. Yeah. The Those were all me. And... Uh, but other than that, I've been, you know, all my life a cowboy on all the westerns. It was. I was on Gunsmoke for eight years. I worked on Big Valley. I worked on Laredo. I worked on Wagon Train. I worked on... Oh, shit. Quite a few. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the way back. I started on Rawhide. Does, do you find that Star Trek is still the one that draws you back the most out of those, those shows that you've been on? Is that the one that you recognize for the most perhaps? Or for being, being that guy? That's what I'm recognized <laughs> for. But you know, it's funny because I come to these and I still make a little bit of change on it. Yeah. And uh, of course, like this one here, they paid to bring me here and all this. They, if I was to tell somebody that I was on uh, you know, Perry Mason. Yeah. They'll say, oh, you were. Yeah, well, gee whiz, that's nice. Sometimes Perry Mason plays, and the next day they'll come and they'll say, I saw you on Perry Mason yesterday. That's funny. But this guy still keeps going back. Not him, though. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much for your time, sir. My enjoy pleasure. the UK. Enjoy the weekend. Well, and, uh, if, I, if I get away, when I get away from here, I enjoy it. I, of course, I enjoy it here. But to see the UK uh, takes a little more than just here. Yeah, it takes a couple of days. I know we're not exactly on the scale of, uh, of the US, but yeah, there's some nice stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you something. You got more to look at here than the US. Some of these fields, and of course now, that, that's me. I'm. I'll come fix. Get a stapler. <laughs> we did have a, a, a tape tip. I think uh-huh. I'll, I'll, take, sure, I'll take, take a sit here for the rest of the night. You can do that. That's, you know, that'll be fine. No, I, uh... It's fine. I'll fix it. Cool. Oh, you got it. Cool. No, thank you very much for your time. I should leave it to you. Sure. Thank you very Hello. Much for your time. Hello. Where are you? Good afternoon. Good. Yeah, I'm, my name's Clive. Um, just literally take two minutes just to grab a bit of your time. Sure. Just for some questions. Um, here we are at Destination Star Trek. I know you're familiar with the UK. been here be- a few mm-hmm. times before. Um, how does it feel to be at the 50th? Uh, well, it's an honor to be at the 50th. I was at the Vegas 50th, yep. and now this 50th in uh, Birmingham, and it's just wonderful to be here and uh, and to be with the British fans and all the European fans that have 
come here also, and uh, it's a lot of fun. What do you think Gowron's take would be on the franchise after 50 years? Would he see it as a threat to the Empire? Um, you are fa- all famous because of Klingons. <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> Nothing more. Kapla. Um, did you, I mean, Gowron was, was such a part of the franchise for, what are we talking, 13 years, 12, 13 years? Yes, yes. Yeah. How did it feel knowing there was a finite end to that kind of story? Uh, well, it was very finite. It, it, <laughs> it, it is the way of our worlds. <laughs> I think the uh, Klingon being a, a Klingon leader yeah. is the question to ask is what's the half life of a Klingon leader? Not very long. No, <laughs> no, it was it was a matter of years, wasn't it? I think in that respect. Um, I mean, with the new series coming along, do you think that they will retain Klingons as they were? Do you think it's it's right that they could be redesigning for the for the new show? You know, I don't think they would ever redesign. They might have a different kind of a look, you yeah. know, like they did in in um, I forget one of the films they recently did, uh, where, where it was yeah. it was still a Klingon. But he had like a sharpness yeah. look, a very sharp look, uh, which I, I thought was wonderful. Um, and it was just a development of Klingon in terms of the makeup, you know, and um, but still Klingon. Cool. And I think that may be it. But I don't think I think you always have to have Klingons. You've got you know, to. I think there was one show that they had that didn't have Klingons, yeah. and that show didn't do very well. Maybe I, it's because they didn't have Robert O'Reilly. Well, no, I think Robert O'Reilly was not not really uh, needed. I think Klingons were needed. Klingons. <laughs> Do you think um, Gowron is the, the definitive Klingon? Um, certainly one of them. One of them. The other one being Martok, perhaps? No. <laughs> no. No. Cool. Although he was a wonderful Klingon. He was a very good Klingon. Yes. Thank you very much for your time today. Brilliant. Uh, here with uh, Greg Grunberg, um, a relative newcomer. So they start yes. The, the youngster on the block is in Exactly. Well. And there's hazing going on. He's hazing me like crazy. <laughs> it's a whole process you have to get, you go through. It's like a gauntlet before you can get into this family. And here you are, having been in Star Trek Beyond? Star Trek Beyond. And I was in the first one, too, as a voice. I was the voice of Kirk's evil stepdad. Yes. Yes. But uh, Beyond, um, easily the best of the three reboot movies. Probably because you, you were in it. Of course. Well, I mean, why else? <laughs> why else would it have been? Exactly. <laughs> so it's It's... it's I know it wasn't the biggest role in the film, let's, let's be fair, but it was great to kind of see you part of that. Do you know if that's going to be something that's going to continue into the fourth one? Have you got any Man, rumors? I sure hope so. Star Wars is the same thing. It was like, I was so honored to be in the movie, and it ended up being a really cool role on X-Wing Fighter. This is a captain. I mean, a, a commander. Yorktown. You see me, then there's the threat of me dying. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I shot all that stuff in one day. Really? Yeah. It was it was amazing, because on my schedule, I was shooting Heroes in Toronto, yeah. and I had to go to Vancouver and shoot that, and then I was shooting something else in L.A., too. It was bouncing, but... Still, um, I couldn't. But when I watched the movie, I was like, "Wow, you actually see me!" And I have, you know, because it was one yeah. day. You don't you really think about as well. Yeah, because I kind of went, "Hang on a minute," uh, and, and I kind of flicked that moment where I, went, I saw you in the trailer and thought, "Wow." Yeah, that was and crazy. Then, and then you're in Star Wars as well. So yeah. it's, been, it's been a, a really poor year for you. Yeah, it's been terrible. Terrible year. I mean, you know, what are you going to do now? Um, well, you have to trek before you war. <laughs> yeah. And I took care of both of those things this year. Yeah. So um, you took those off your bucket list. Yeah. So now I'm doing um, uh, doing a show with Kevin Smith on AMC called Geeking Out. Cool. Where we get to do exactly what we're doing now, having a discussion really? about things long form. Not worried about you know time constraints like you are right now, but, yep. but it's nice. It's actually really fun, and he's the king. I mean, Kevin Smith is 
amazing. Yes. So we're having a great time together. Because we've got more rats and things like that. And yeah, 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 yeah. Classic stuff. Classic stuff. Um, how are you? How are we? Any nerves ahead of presenting some of these talks today? Because you're kind of the big man. Yeah, I mean, I am kind of nervous. I got to say, I'm, I'm going to throw it to the audience very quickly. That's the key. Is because yeah. the fans want to ask questions, yeah. and then I can throw in singers. So you know, with Will, with Bill Shatner, I love that guy. I don't think he needs somebody else telling him how much he loves him. Good luck with that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Um, but I, I do have such a respect for him. I think he's, I really think he's amazing. George Takei and I were, were together on um, Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. Will Wheaton and I have known each other for a long time. I actually was sort of responsible for him being in one of the Star Trek movies. Oh, wow. Because he hadn't, he hadn't had contact with JJ and I put them together. And wow. I remember, I'm gonna, it'll be interesting to hear how he remembers the story because I don't remember it at all. And of course, I'm taking all the credit. He's the, he's the nicest guy in the world. And then, you know, I've, I just watched um, another panel I'm doing. Um, for the love of Spock is so good and Adam did an amazing job um, honoring his father and it's kind of a love letter to his father and a love letter to to the fans so I I do have a knowledge and a passion for what I'm going to be talking about but it is intimidating man yeah good luck and uh, good luck with the rest of the weekend appreciate it pleasure thanks for your time sir thank you Uh, here with Mark uh, is it Ryhill? Ryhill Mark Ryhill there you go, get it right a second time. Um, who's one of the artists involved with the 50 years of Star Trek art? Mark, um, the post that you've got is based on the episode um, What a Little Girl's Made Of. Was that kind of your inspiration to do that, or was that something you were directed? Yeah, no, it was mine. Um, whenever we were given the brief, it was open brief. Uh, any episode, or any TV show, any film, any game, any cartoon series over the 50 years and I just went straight for the original series I love the original series cool. and this is my favourite episode so it's a no brainer yeah. <laughs> and you kind of the elements we've got in the post as well you've got uh, Sherry Jackson in there you've got Ted Cassidy in there with Rook The Kiss um, Spock, Kirk, McCoy and the Enterprise in there as well what were, there, were there core elements that you particularly knew you had to include within that, that kind of picture? Yeah there was a couple of uh, rough sketches to kind of lay it out but really what I wanted to do was paint a picture of the episode in yeah. one, one shot in one frame so kind of just give you an idea if you've never seen the episode just give you a feel for it so uh, those are the, the key elements that had to go in there brilliant um, if you had a chance would there be another episode that you'd do? Uh, Who Boy Gods Destroy really? yeah that's it as well. a curveball yeah third series not, yeah. not one that I would ever thought many people would have picked I know um, <laughs> I love it as well like, uh, so I think it was, you know, those. That's my like first and second favorite episode. So it's just in terms of the characters and you know, you know, rather than the actual writing and things, you know. So. And with your picture that you've got, I mean, what what was kind of the inspiration around the kind of the design? Is that is that something that is prevalent through all your work? Is that that kind of style, or is that something something you've kind of come up with completely new for this one? Yeah, no, I mean, it's you know, it's an angle on my style, but obviously I wanted it to be the best that it could be because it yeah. was four star track and such an important brief. Um, but that's what I kind of do, it, you know, in all my projects because I'm a cover artist. So I try to uh, paint the picture of whatever it is in one shot. So whether it is big floating heads and, you know, wee elements and characters and things. So um, it's an advancement from my style, but it's not too far from my style. You know, cool. and, I, and I've, I've learned from that and I grow from this. Brilliant. Um, even though it is about two years old now. Is it really? Yeah. Well, and, and it's, say it's taken two years for this book to come, come together. and Yeah, so... I mean, it's probably 2013 might have been the first call. Um, it's three years. Yeah, so in terms of getting the call, getting everything signed off, uh, getting the artwork produced, and then going to print with the book and everything. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Cheers. Um, good luck with the posters. Cheers. Right, okay, so moving on to Blackpool then. Uh, you finally got to go to the exhibition, so 
how was that? What was that like? It was uh, cold and wet. Uh, but like day, yes. Well, <laughs> uh, it was great. I don't know if, if you've been to the Doctor Who exhibition, which was at Blackpool over several years. I believe the Trek one is in exactly the same position that that one was. Oh, right. Very no, dark. I didn't manage to get to go to that one either. Very dark. Very dark, Doctor Who. <laughs> I remember going around, it was like pitch black. You couldn't take a picture of anything. Um, <laughs> but the, the uh, Star Trek exhibition, we, I was invited along as a, as a guest of uh, the guys who were running it. And I've got to say yeah. that they're really good and they treated me fantastically. My wife and my, my son came, went with me as well. Oh. And it was great. And it's not the biggest exhibition on the planet, let's yeah. be fair. It's not huge. You know what? You can get around it. In, if you if you really bombed around it, you could get around it in 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. But it's the, the quality of the stuff they've got there, and it's how they've done it. So it's you kind of go in, and they're playing episodes on of Netflix on the wall. So I got there, and they were just showing the end of Demons from Voyager, and they were showing basically Voyager Season 4. As I was leaving, they put Home and Fear on, which is one of my favourites. And I was like, I really want to just stay and watch Home and Fear. <laughs> Um, but you go in and you download an app. So on your phone, which I have. Yes, I, have I heard about the app. Yes, here, with my new shiny case on. Uh, other cases are available. Uh, <laughs> my so there is a there is an app. So I, I don't know if you can see it in the bottom corner. Let me just get that up. Bottom corner there. There is oh, an app yes, which yeah, is called Star Trek Fifty. You download this app as you go in, which is there. I, don't know if, I, I bet if I open yeah. it, it won't do anything. So you, you download it and you open it up. And when you're in there, you can scan these little kind of portals as you go round. Oh, uh, yes, I see. Scan any image containing this icon. Yep, yeah, so you, yeah, you scan a little icon as you go around. And Excellent. This little, this little guy pops up, and you basically just gives you information. But he's kind of just suspended in the air on your phone. Oh, wow. He's talking. So he's on your phone, and you just have this guy who kind of gives you information to go around. Very, very clever. Really cool idea, and I think Excellent. it really works. You go in, and there's kind of the usual bit of potted history, and there's some scripts in there from Voyager and from Deep Space Nine and, and Enterprise, and um, you, you pop around, and then you get to... the. <laughs> there's lots of really good bits in it. It's not it's not kind of one thing, like, oh, it's amazing all the way through. But it's very different to the exhibition that they had in Birmingham back in the 90s. So that had kind of Picard's mm. desk and the command chair from the Enterprise D. Yeah. It had the um, Klingon command chair from Generations. It had yeah. Soren's missile. It had all the kind of costumes. It was a massive exhibition. And it was, it, yeah. that, that was huge. This one was a lot more contained. But the quality was really good. It's from the guy who's yeah. the largest collector of Star Trek stuff in the world. Oh, really? He's got like, yeah, he's got uh -huh. tons and tons of stuff. 150,000 pieces, I believe, is what the, the quote was of how many bits of Star Trek memorabilia this guy's got. Wow. And you, you kind of go in, and, the, and then Rui, who was the assistant manager, who was there, he kind of greeted me and, and, and they helped me yeah. run through. But you get in, and you go through the kind of bits of history bit, and then there's this costumes arcade, basically. It's like a big, long corridor. And it's oh, just wow. full of Trek costumes from Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, oh, Nemesis. That's awesome. um, one of the, and the really cool bits are the bits that you you almost kind of miss because you walk in and the first piece on your left hand side is is a headdress from one of Khan's followers from Wrath of Khan. Oh, right. So the kind yeah. of woven yeah, yeah. effect is one of those kind of pieces that they wore, and on the right is a one, probably my highlight of the entire exhibition. And this is, and there is loads of good bits, but my the highlight for me was the um, the phase two costume that was never used. 
Oh. So there's a phase two costume which you walk straight into, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to put photographs of everything on there because I think it's wrong to because I think you need to go and see it and need to experience yeah. it yourself. But you know you walk in and there's that, and then you walk a bit further. And I watched First Contact the night before, and Picard's uniform from First Contact is is two foot away from you and then you walk down a bit further and you've got this this Spock's headband from Star Trek 4 and there's a Riemann outfit from Nemesis and there's a, a spacesuit from Enterprise and you walk down this corridor and you're just like it's just piece after piece after piece after piece I'm just, it's just amazing <laughs> it's That's incredible um, and you kind of go around the corner and there's a bit on the ships and you uh, go through all the pictures the history of the Enterprise the name and, and there's the Elbaz shortcraft yeah and it's 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 not the original Elbaz because one, it's very small. That's what I say. It looks for yeah. Yeah, it's tiny, <laughs> but it's signed by cast members. So there's Marina Surf on there, John Delancey, Richard Hurd from from Voyager, um, who played Admiral Paris, and there is uh, I think there's uh, Rene Aubergenois is on there as well. But the yeah. big one, and I was talking to to Aiden. Uh, about this, and it's it's something that's in his little chat. The guy who's one of the tour guides there um, was that it's got Leonard Nimoy's autograph on it, Aww. and they need to have it reevaluated now because of that signature. So it's yeah. Now because of the the worth of it is has skyrocketed because of that one signature. Oh wow! Um, but it's it's a really nice piece, and, and around it again, you kind of walk and see the shortcraft. But if you're not looking around, you'll miss the control console from the motion picture. And yeah. yes, the, comp- the the panel from Voyager that was used in one of the episodes that's in the the astrometrics lab, and you'll miss the um, torpedo that was from. There's just so much stuff that you kind of just have to stop and take it all in. Yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. And you get around, and there's um, and the next bit you go to is a um, uh, a little section where there's kind of just history of that bit on the cruise, so all the crews of all yeah. the ships, and there's a transporter booth. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard about transport booths. Brilliant. Now, I think I've sent you the video of this, of me and Joshua being beamed up. Yeah. You use the app. So the app is used all the way around. That's the really, really cool thing about this place, is that you use this app as you go around, and you can, the app, you can then beam yourself up That's or down, so cool. depending on how you're going. Um, and you literally do disappear. And it's like an eight-second thing, but it just looks so cool. And it works. That's and so it's cool. beautiful. <laughs> And I was, I was really, really jealous of that actually. I just thought I want to be beamed up too. <laughs> well, you can because it's still open until Easter 2017. Oh, so they are keeping it open because of demand. I was oh, looking at, admittedly going in the winter months. It is quieter. You get a good time to have a wander. You can wander around as much as you want. So I'd yeah. say go when it's quieter. Now don't yeah. you know? It's all Easter. It might get busier, but now is great. I mean, you aren't going to get the illuminations because they finish on November the sixth. And I missed it. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, transport pad, awesome. Oh, so definitely. I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's hear from um, Aiden, who was one of the tour guys uh, at the site, and we'll come back after him. So we're here at the uh, Star Trek Blackpool exhibition, which has been extended until uh, Easter of 2017. Here with Aiden, who is the exhibition guest um, assistant. assistant. There we go. Aiden, I mean, how long have you been involved with the exhibition? Uh, since we opened in July early this year. Wow. How has it how's it been going? Oh, it's been going great. Yeah. A lot of people in. Some people have come in like proper Star Trek costumes. Yeah. Seeing little kids coming like the new Kelvin timeline uniforms. It's been great. Cool. Well, I mean, what for you? So you've been here since the beginning. I guess you're gonna be here till till the end of an Easter. What sort of thing is your? Would you say are sort of the things that people are gonna really love about about coming here? What are they gonna really love seeing? Uh, mainly the replica bridge because 
at the had had some people who've come from a MEC and they yeah. said they weren't able to sit in the bridge that was there in Birmingham, Shatner, which is there just being very Shatnery. Yeah, Shatnery. <laughs> people just love in just to sit in because we don't charge anyone to sit in because once you pay the price to come in, you just come in, sit in the chair and just feel like you're on the original series. Cool. So many people just love that and our transporter. Yeah, which we stood to next to here. Which the, the great thing with this is if you as you come in, uh, you get to download the app. The app. Uh, Star Trek 50 app, in, uh, which is one of the really unique things I think about this experience. You go around, you can kind of get little bits of information, and then you get to come here, stand on the transport, and actually get get beamed up. Yeah, which is great. Uh, I mean, uh, unique for this place. Yeah, very unique. Really. I mean, what other things would you say are, are, are big draws at this place? Maybe are you have no been sort of seen in the UK before. Is there anything particular you think? You know what? This is something you've got to come and see. Over in the bridge, it's like we've got the replica of the Elbars, which has got a lot of signatures on. Yeah. Even letting the Moyes, which obviously has to be reevaluated now due to recent events. Yeah. But it's like a lot of people love to see that, but you see the insides of it, which is just empty. <laughs> cool. No, that's great. Um, saying open again, as we said, till uh, Easter in 2017. A lot of good stuff, a lot of costumes, a lot of props to come and have a look at, um, and definitely come and have a chat with Aiden because he knows his stuff. <laughs> So that's that's Aiden. Uh, he was on. <laughs> I, I should have asked him more about Trek. Um, he was very very knowledgeable about kind of what's going on and, and really the highlights for him. He, he's in the transport yeah. room, and just beyond that transport room is is that kind of mock up of the Enterprise bridge as well with the original with the kind of navigation console and the chair and you can take your photographs in there and again there's kind of more of those points. But again, it's, it's pretty cool. Just everything is just you kind of go that's cool, that's cool. Yeah. And they have. What's not to like? <laughs> there isn't. There's even little props rooms. There's a little com badge. There's there's um, the micro cassettes from the original Enterprise. Um, oh, yeah. From Mirror Mirror, from the episode Mirror Mirror, they actually got two. Yeah. Of them. And they're just uh, tricorders and um, dilithium crystals and it's, uh, you kind of go and pads and one of the three only three laptop cases they ever used in Drek is in there. Oh, wow. And it's just little things like that and you go, this is such a great thing and there's loads of stuff that you just have never seen that have never yeah. been on display or you've never That's, seen before. And it, it, yeah. I, just to go and see this stuff just while you've got a chance is, is just something that I, I'm glad that I got a chance to do and you know, I, I thank the guys for, for letting me do it. Um, fortunately, there's not very much on, on the... Um, reboots. Um, <laughs> although, <laughs> they do have a costume from the Kelvin. Oh, really? Mm. So there is a costume oh, from the Kelvin, oh. and it's reason that they can have the Paramount and the CBS stuff is because yeah. it's been bought by a private collector. So that's why uh, they can have it in there. Because I asked one of the questions I asked is about mm. how could they have both of those kind of things in there? Surely Paramount and CBS wouldn't be seeing eye to eye, and it's yeah. because they're actually privately owned. Ah, oh, that makes um, more sense now. Yeah, because that that's going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what we'll do? Um, let's just hear from uh, Ruby, who was the assistant manager at the site and just get his his thoughts on the exhibition. So here with uh, Rui, who is the Assistant General Manager at the Star Trek exhibition in Blackpool. Um, Rui, uh, I spoke to um, Aidan as we've been going round. How has it been going for the last few months? Uh, It's been going great actually. Uh, In terms of guests, uh, it's actually been the numbers, it's been really good as well. Cool. And it's great bringing uh, the exhibition to Blackpool and staying in years with all the tourists and everything. and being <laughs> and prospering here. Yeah, it's, it's an unusual place, I guess, to, to kind of have a Star Trek exhibition in being in Blackpool of all places. But, I mean, it must, it must have been in great demand because they're saying it's been extended till, till March next year. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. 19th of April yep. next year, definitely. Cool. And that actually, what's been happening, we've been actually having people say from Canada or wow. America, I mean, on purpose, just because we're here. Wow. And we are, as an exhibition, then there's not many exhibitions around the world regarding Star Trek. Yeah. So it's great being in Blackpool, as it is a, a seaside resort yeah. uh, in the UK. So definitely, and that's why we want make a, a great mission out from it. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, do you think that the, the 50th anniversary, I mean, the 50th anniversary is obviously going to be a massive draw. Do you mm-hmm. think that having um, the recent um, exhibition of uh, DST in, um, uh, in Birmingham has been a big draw as well? Do you think that's helped to kind of bring people up to, to Blackpool? Uh, definitely. Definitely. That, that's helped quite a bit uh, as well. Uh, but of course, hopefully then more events will happen next year, fingers crossed. Cool. Uh, that's what we really would like to happen as well and then um, make a, a great mission definitely have you had any sort of big names come through any of the uh, any cast any anybody we kind of know uh, no, not necessarily yet. Oh, right, not yet. <laughs> no. Not yet, okay. Um, and uh, what for you are kind of the highlights? I mean, I know uh, Aidan said that the transport is a really big draw. I mean, what else do you think are the kind of really big things that will, will pull people in to come and see the exhibition in, in Blackpool? Uh, well, really, all the props that we do have, uh, some of them has actually never been seen in UK, or some of them actually in Europe. Oh, wow. Uh, so, and so I, then it's really great to come over and see these props that we do have. Brilliant. Uh, and, of course, some of them, they're really so rare see them so it's a really great opportunity and plus then the panel that we do have the the panels to interact within the app and everything so that it's a lot of the wow factor that we do have it's very interactive and future yeah Yeah. in in the future hopefully then we're planning to make as more interactive as possible as well so right. definitely yeah I think one of the big things that I've kind of seen has been going around is that you've got that kind of interactive side which is really different uh, and certainly unique even when you went to sort of DST in, in Birmingham it didn't have that kind of interactivity with a lot of the experts and it's great you can go around you can kind of find out a bit more information about it and you can, same, you can get beamed up you can sit on the bridge you can yeah. really get really close to some of the props as well it's a really unique experience so I think you guys have done a cracking job yeah, definitely. And then because as well, at the end of the day, you just pay then your ticket and then you go in and everything yeah. else is free. So the app is free to download and then photos, it's with your own camera or your own phone. We don't forbid anything like that. So it's really to make a full proper experience of Star Trek. So. Yeah, and it's totally, totally different because I know when, when there was one in Birmingham going back a few years, it was like no photographs or anything like that. And this one's great because you can kind of really get a feel of, of the show in the series. But thank you very much for your time, Rui. That's great. And, You're uh, welcome. Yeah, definitely get yourself down to, uh, to Blackpool and come and have a look at the exhibition before it goes in April next year. Yeah. So one thing I also noticed from your uh, website is the educational side. So I've yes. seen the educational pack. I downloaded it. I had a read. How has that kind of worked here? How, how have you found that a lot of that you've had schools that have come in, or have you had pe- people that have been interested in that that educational side? Uh, yeah, people at the moment here yeah, making inquiries about it definitely, and it's a really great educational pack, mainly for primary. Our aim is really then primary schools and secondary schools as well, uh, due to the fact that Star Trek itself uh, a lot to do with space, so science and everything, and the technology basically we had the technology today because of Star Trek yep. really they were the pioneers on that who thought that we were going to have uh, a, a smartphone yeah. comparing to like a few in the 60s or something we, did, we never thought about it so cool. and we do have today so it's really made an impact it's, it's worked with the school yeah Excellent. definitely now you said as well that you uh, you were kind of more of a trekker than a trekkie before you kind of started here um, <laughs> and you've said <laughs> yeah I'm going to rope you in on this one um you sort of said since you've worked here, do you think you've kind of become more immersive into that kind of Star Trek world? Do you think it's kind of taken a little bit more of your life? Uh, definitely, but I'm really happy about it. Taking <laughs> over my life, to be honest. It's so interesting to know that it's not just series and it's not just movies. 
it's one on the background of it related to the stories, life forms and everything like like for example yeah. everything that's been happening related to Mars yeah. these days. So it was actually Star Trek then already explore that and it's really really interesting for everything the warp speed so brilliant. fingers crossed we'll get there one day <laughs> <laughs> brilliant now again thank you Robbie that's uh, that's fantastic cheers welcome so yeah great guy um, lot of time and hopefully he'll come back to me this week to let me know when my fleece is and that I can order uh, because they ran out of large <laughs> I really wanted one <laughs> but I've got to say um, the guys were, were all very welcoming in the shop there's a little shop at the end as well ah always a little shop yeah there's always a little shop I, 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 yeah. I, ref, I refrained from buying another mug uh, which was quite a good move uh, but you know there's always a little shop and it's great and it was yeah. nice it was quiet I can only imagine what it's like when it's busier and you're kind of vying to get on the bridge set or the transporter room it was nice we wandered around we had a lot of time and the guys were, were more than welcoming and, and you know I do recommend get down there get to it before um, the end well before Easter yeah, because that's when it's going, and, and it'll be a real shame. It's just basically, I think the lease is up, and effectively that's when it finishes. So yeah. whether it'll go somewhere else, we don't know, but I, I hope it continues. Yeah, oh, that'd be good actually. I'd like to, I'd like to actually go and get a closer look at all the stuff and uh, cool. get myself beamed up. Yeah, you need to do that. You need to do that. Yeah, um, talking, talking of events, um, just a little brief one to kind of finish us off. Probably is that FCD 2.0 uh, is coming yeah. back in the end of March. March 31st to April 2nd. Uh, for us Trek people, there are two guests so far which have been announced. I believe there is a third and possibly even a fourth. Uh, well, there are two more guests who are to be announced who we don't know who they are, but apparently they're very big. So the two that at the moment have been announced are Aaron Eisenberg and Robert Picardo. Awesome. Which is just phenomenal after last year they had JJ Hertzler uh, with John Carrigan who's been in numerous sort of fan series uh, yeah. episodes and Aaron as well this year they've bettered I think they've they've they've, been, they've have they bettered it have they bettered it no it, they've they've just gone on a completely different tangent and gone gone Voyager they've had Garrett Wong uh, and now they've got Rick Picardo as, uh, as the Doctor from, from Voyager so I think it can be a cracking event there is um, guests from Excellent. Stargate and from Babylon 5 as well so Claudia Christian Mira Furlan um, Dave Rainbow Sun Franks and uh, David Blue are the other four guests that have been announced again pop on to uh, Scott's to have a look at that or pop on to the FCD website but definitely will be there uh, in April I believe I'm taking cake with me this year uh, I've been told so, where's, it, where's it based? It is going to be at the Telford International Centre in oddly enough Telford, Telford. Um, yeah strange that isn't it <laughs> <laughs> They put the Telford International <laughs> Centre in Telford. Yeah, it's a great event. Yes. It'll be. I, I didn't get to go to 1.5. I was a bit disappointed I didn't get to go, but I was in Blackpool uh, this weekend. But I know that 2.0 will be phenomenal. It was the, the guys yeah. who organised it, Will and David, are great guys uh, and put on a great, a great uh, event twice. Now they did first contact day, and then they did the one last year, which was out of the ashes. Both of them superb. Very small, kind of original, kind of fan event things, and it's very yeah. personal. So definitely worth going to. Excellent. That's awesome. my promotion that done for the week. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid now. No, I don't. I don't. I don't take any money from me. Cool. Um, so yeah, we're back, as we said at the beginning. Yeah. Um, ooh, shall we? What, what? What shall we do, Tiff? What shall we do next? Shall we? Shall we try and get somebody on? I think we should try and get somebody on. Um, there's a there's a, um, a class I'd like to do in December, um, which we'll be talking about. All the different sorts of merchandise you can get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're leading that one. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm washing my hands of that one. That's another one I'm going, oh, not my responsibility. Well, I, I did come across some rather horrific gnomes. I think there are some Star Trek gnomes which I posted. Now, oddly enough, I might be getting one of them. <laughs> can I just, can I just point out that the last time that Tiff organised a podcast, um, I nearly walked out halfway through. <laughs> Because because of certain incidents, um, apparently that one is one of our most popular podcasts as well. Um, so thanks to everybody listening to our our um, awards ceremony, I've got to say it's probably one of the best podcasts I've ever been on, the most enjoyable podcast yeah. I've ever been on. Oh. And um, that was so so much fun. It was, it was just yeah. And Clive only walked out because he didn't get his own way. <laughs> on every award, on every award, I like to point out. So yes, um, we will have we have got we've got at least three guests. Yeah. to come after today yeah. I think I might have got four possibly five that at some point have agreed to come on and come and chat to us right. um, we will get somebody sorted for next time um, yeah, again so apologies to everybody who's been listening we've just kind of things have just happened and life has just yeah. kind of gone on and, and unfortunately this kind of comes down the list of priorities after eating and sleeping uh, and work <laughs> unfortunately yeah. um, but we will be back uh, with will. episode 10 because this is episode 9 so yeah I don't need to be reminded of the numbers anymore I've grown up I know it's good isn't it um, and hopefully you've enjoyed kind of listening to kind of the interviews we've had on there and a bit of chat and I apologise if not had quite as much to say as we might have wanted it to um, but, but there's been hopefully kind of some good bits in there and, I, and, and if anybody noticed that Casey Biggs on the interview did absolutely rip me to bits um, for the question that I asked him about what was better but I just left that in because I just wanted to prove that I am human <laughs> and we get ripped so until next time ladies and gentlemen um, yep. it's bye from Tiff see you later and it's bye from me we'll see you soon uh, as always please do uh, rate us review us on SoundCloud iTunes whichever platform you listen to pop onto the website uh, scost.co.uk for more regular Trek meanderings and musings and we'll see you soon